48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. RTHK journalist Bao Choi is found guilty of improper searches of an online car license plate database and fined $6,000. A leading microbiologist says cross-contamination in a private laboratory testing samples for COVID-19 may have resulted in more than two dozen false positives. And Hong Kong's unemployment rate drops to 6.8%. Investigative journalist Bao Choi has been fined $6,000 after being found guilty of two charges of making false statements while searching car license plate records. Violet Wong has more. The freelance journalist carried out checks in the license plate database while researching an episode of RTHK's Hong Kong Connection program. She was looking into vehicles allegedly involved in transporting weapons ahead of the notorious attack by a white shirter mob in Yunlong in 2019. In making the searches, she ticked a box to say that they were for other traffic and transport-related matters. West Kowloon Koch wrote today that in ticking the box, she made a false statement. Choi had pleaded not guilty, but Magistrate Ivy Cho said the law didn't give the public an absolute right to access license plate records. The maximum penalty for the offences is six months in prison, but the magistrate instead imposed a fine. A tearful Choi said she was saddened by the conviction and she called on fellow reporters to uphold the highest standards. Even though I was found guilty in the courts, I don't see the values of the investigative stories of Hong Kong collection should be judged by the court nor the authorities. I believe those who have watched the episodes have already been the living proof of the values of the documentary itself. Even though I was convicted of guilty, I don't see journalism as a crime. And I hope the industry can find ways out to pursue our highest value of journalism in the long run. Eight local journalist groups issued a joint statement saying the conviction had, as they put it, viciously destroyed the remnants of press freedom in Hong Kong. They said Bao Choi was convicted for conducting normal reporting work that was done in the public interest, while they accused the government of helping the powerful hide the truth under the guise of protecting people's privacy. Here's the chairman of the Journalists Association, Chris Young. That a reporter was found guilty of a car search, which is part of a reporter's normal job, has seriously damaged the already depleting freedom of the press in Hong Kong. Today, a reporter was convicted for having, having fulfilled her duty of taking out more information for public interest. It is a dark day for the Hong Kong press. It is a day of shame in Hong Kong. Microbiologist Yung Kwok Yung says cross-contamination in a private laboratory testing samples for the coronavirus may have resulted in more than two dozen false positives. The expert had inspected the lab run by BGI after it yielded 30 positive samples, all on the same day. Joanne Wong reports. Of the 30 positive results returned by the lab, only two have been confirmed by the hospital authority. Professor Yun said after inspecting the facility that it appears to be a case of cross-contamination. He says the evidence suggests that SAF may have accidentally transferred the virus from two genuinely positive samples to 28 others tested in the same batch. He thinks the virus may have been spread as workers opened vials of samples contaminating their gloves or other equipment. He rec- 
recommended the lab to conduct a thorough disinfection, adding that all used gloves and vial containers should be changed for each batch. The expert also noted that each member of staff handled some 800 samples per day, and the heavy workload may have caused fatigue and lowered their vigilance. Health authorities had earlier reported two new confirmed local cases of COVID-19, with neither of them having a clear source of infection. They also reported 12 new imported cases, including one more who was being quarantined at the Ramada Hotel in Chimshachoy, where officials suspect cross-infection of a variant strain from South Africa have taken place. Hong Kong's unemployment rate has fallen to 6.8% for the first three months of the year, a drop of almost half a percentage point on the figure for the three months to February. Officials said the hard-hit retail, accommodation and food services sectors had all shown improvement. The Labour Secretary, Law Chi Kwong, said the easing of the pandemic situation had helped stabilise the labour market, but challenges remain. Gary Ng, an economist with Natixis, said the figures were positive, but limits on cross-border travel meant some sectors remained under pressure. We are seeing that all the, the efficient sector is still under pressure and insurance uh, providers are not able to sell some of the cross-border policies. So I think in this, even though uh, generally the unemployment rate has actually declined and it will continue to decline because uh, basically the retail sector will improve, but this uh, basically pressure on the economy is not simply fading away. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past 11. Experts advising the government on Hong Kong's COVID vaccination program are now recommending pregnant women and nursing mothers to get the BioNTech jab. They updated their advice after reviewing the latest data, which showed more than 90,000 pregnant women worldwide have been safely given the vaccine. Here's Professor David Hoy from Chinese University. The antibody level acquired through the vaccination is even higher than those who underwent natural infection during pregnancy. And also researchers have also found a good antibody level in the cord blood and also in the breast milk. So that would confer protection of the baby. The experts are also proposing shortening the quarantine period for fully inoculated people if they're identified as close contacts of confirmed COVID-19 patients in future. People are considered fully inoculated if they've received both jabs for at least two weeks. The experts say their quarantine period could be shortened from 14 to 7 days if the testing regimen is beefed up. But Professor Hoy stressed the decision is up to the government. Two weeks after the second dose, they have enough antibody. Okay? Antibody should be at a quite a stable level. And at the same time, we will also check the, uh, the PCR more than once. It will be like day one, perhaps day three and day six. And we may even supplement with antibody tests. We are still considering this. And they will spend seven days in the uh, quarantine centre. So we are just not relying on the vaccination record. We are also performing PCR testing and probably antibody testing as well. LegCo's tourism sector lawmaker UC Wing says he thinks local tours could resume as early as next month. As Wendy Wong reports, he says the government's agreed not to require participants to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. The government had reportedly been mulling the idea of only allowing local tours to go ahead if both tour guides and tour goers were fully inoculated. The trade said it was strongly opposed to the measure, and lawmaker UC Wing says they've now come to a consensus. He told an RTHK program that people who join local tours will only be required to use the government's Leave Home Safe app, while frontline staff who come into contact with customers will be required to get vaccinated. Mr. Yu described this as a reasonable arrangement.
The lawmaker said he expects an announcement to be made after the Executive Council approves the relaxation of social measures on April the 28th and chores could resume as early as May the 8th. Customs says it's broken up a family-run syndicate that it accuses of laundering some $2.5 billion in just a couple of years. Officers have arrested a couple and their son, as well as a former employee of a currency exchange the mother used to run. They've also arrested two men in their 20s, a cook and a car valet, who they say opened bank accounts through which they laundered half a billion dollars. The mother alone is said to have laundered more than a billion dollars. Customs investigator Grace Tang says most of the money had passed through shell companies. We are looking into the, the activity of the shell company, but right now we don't see any activity in the business transactions of the shell company, so we cannot disclose too much about the name of the shell company. Lawmakers have expressed concern about proposed changes to election rules that will leave candidates out of pocket if a poll is called off because one of their opponents is disqualified or dies. Violet Wong reports. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau told the Let's Go Bills Committee, which is discussing Beijing's overhaul of the SAL's electoral system, that under the new arrangements, subsidies for campaign expenses will only be paid out after voting has been completed. However, the administration agreed to consider a request from Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Priscilla Long to partially cover candidates' expenses even when polls are cancelled before an election. The Bureau's Principal Assistant Secretary, Cherie Young, explained that they were unable to make payments before the election because the subsidy was calculated on a candidate's share of the vote. DAB lawmaker Horace Chung said this wasn't fair to other candidates, adding that whether someone could claim back campaign expenses appeared to all boil down to luck. Previous local elections were able to continue even in the event of a disqualification or death because of the city's use of a proportional representation voting system where political parties will submit lists of candidates. However, future local elections will use a single non-transferable vote system with voters casting ballots for individual candidates. Authorities had earlier explained that by elections will be held if a candidate in local polls dies or gets disqualified halfway through the election because voters may not be happy with the remaining candidates. Cathay Pacific has confirmed it will close its Canadian pilot base and has proposed closing its pilot bases in Australia and New Zealand, subject to a mandatory consultation on job losses. The airline has not confirmed how many jobs are involved, but has said its pilots based overseas have been stood down since May last year. Cathay said no decision had been made on pilots working from Europe and the United States. The airline said it had been burning through almost $2 billion a month as the pandemic grounded most flights. India has reported the biggest daily rise in coronavirus infections of any country since the start of the pandemic, with more than 300,000 new cases registered. Professor Srinath Reddy from the Public Health Foundation of India warned the worst was yet to come. It is unlikely that we have peaked as yet because the rate at which the cases are rising exponentially almost in some of the districts. We believe that uh, the people who are exposed in recent days would actually be manifesting the infections in the next two weeks, and the deaths would also rise in numbers in the following two weeks. Though if we act with resolute uh, uh, determination at this point in time, we might be able to limit it after that. President Biden has opened a major global climate summit with a call to world leaders to step up to the challenge. He committed the U.S. to a target of halving emissions by the year 2030, but he said the U.S. couldn't act alone. Those that do take action 
that make bold investments in their people and clean energy future will win the good jobs of tomorrow and make their economies more resilient and more competitive. So let's run that race, win more, win more sustainable future than we have now, overcome the existential crisis of our times. We know just how critically important that is because scientists tell us that this is the decisive decade. Mr. Biden's announcement marks Washington's return to a position of global leadership on climate change after Donald Trump's skepticism. China also has ambitious targets on global warming. President Xi Jinping spoke for an interpreter. China will strive to peak carbon dioxide emissions before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. China has committed to move from carbon peak to carbon neutrality in a much shorter time span than what might take many developed countries. And that requires extraordinarily hard efforts from China. Belgium's ambassador to South Korea has apologised after his wife was filmed hitting two shop workers who'd accused her of shoplifting. The BBC's Emily Haller has the story. Blurred CCTV footage filmed in a clothing boutique in Seoul shows Xiang Shuichio hitting one shop assistant on the head and slapping the other across the face. One of the workers had followed her out of the shop, mistakenly believing she was wearing a stolen jacket. A statement on the Belgian embassy's Facebook page said that no matter the circumstances, the way she reacted was unacceptable. Police say they want to speak to Xiang Shuichio, but the embassy says she's in hospital after suffering a stroke. As the ambassador's wife, she has diplomatic immunity, which has angered some South Koreans who say they're unfair privileges. To sports now, the chairman of the proposed European Football Super League has denied it's collapsed following the withdrawal of most of the founding clubs. Florentino Perez, who's also the president of Real Madrid, said the project was on standby and work was continuing. Most of the 12 clubs who revealed their participa participation on Sunday have since pulled out in the face of widespread opposition. Mr Perez said the backlash had taken him by surprise. I've never seen such hostility by the UEFA president and from some presidents within the Spanish leagues. It was like something orchestrated. We were all surprised by it because after we revealed the format, we told the UEFA president and he hasn't even responded. And from then on, the hostility started like I've never seen before. There were threats, insults, as if we had killed someone, as if we had killed football. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, RTHK journalist Bao Choi is found guilty of improper searches of an online car licence plate database and fined $6,000. A leading microbiologist says cross-contamination in a private laboratory testing samples for COVID-19 may have resulted in more than two dozen false positives. And Hong Kong's unemployment rate drops to 6.8%. The news from RTHK. The man with all the latest news, that's Todd Harding. Back at midnight. Late night music. Kevin Lewis. Radio 3. 15 minutes after 11 on Radio 3. This is David Essex from 1975.
Uh, David Essex uh, from 1975 was released and went straight to number one in the UK. Stayed there for uh, three uh, three weeks and uh, hold me close. From 1978 now, the OJs. Ask me how 